story we're on as a church family is epic. It is really epic. Like, it's epic. It's awesome. And, and so, um, you know, Laramie, it's been cool, this Daniel Fest, because uh, we have the big house now. I say we, us, yes. you know. Um, it's, it, it's a, we have this crazy facility that God gave all of us, 14,000 square foot, one building. You know, how big is your house? Five bedrooms, prayer room. Five bedrooms. Room, you know, house, 13 acres. I mean, we, we've got crazy amounts of land and abundance in this, in this area. A well that pumps 21 gallons of water a minute. I mean, it's just crazy. Um, but at the big house, you know, we finally have, have finished the FOP room, and we've, we've been filling it with, with prayer and intercession. You know, I like to say in Laramie, we may not be mighty, or we may not be many, but we're going to be mighty in the mm-hmm. Lord. And it's not about the numbers. It is never, ever, ever about the numbers. We're not here for numbers. We're not here to build numbers. We're here for the presence. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and when we get him, everything else comes. Mm-hmm. When you get his presence, everything else comes. When his presence comes and lands on you, everything is blessed. And everything it, uh, just builds itself. And so, so in Laramie, it's been a lot of fun. In the mornings, we've been, uh, somebody's been there really. The whole goal is just to minister to the Lord. In the morning, 6.30 to 7.30, 8 o'clock. We've been filming that, and people have been showing, showing up to join. And then we had a worship night, uh, worship and prayer night Friday night. Uh, Oma and Kim were there, and uh, it was awesome. Like, we packed everybody in the FPOP room. We, did, we didn't want to do it in the sanctuary because we wanted to dedicate the FPOP room and just let God do that and, and really use it. And uh, it was awesome. Like, it was so cool. One of our girls, Taylor, most of you know her, uh, Shane Bowler's daughter, Letha Bowler's daughter, she, uh, she walked in the building. She goes, ow, mom, my ear hurts. And uh, Letha's like, oh, really? And she knew she wasn't sick, um, but she's like, well, that's weird. And she's like, well, Taylor, maybe God's talking to you. And Taylor's like, mm, okay, you know. So we get there, and we have a good time of worship. And, and then Letha that night shared the word, hey, does anybody have any ear pain? And then Jess Arnold was having ear pain in her ear. And... Um, and so uh, Letha's like, I'm going to go get my daughter. So after the worship night, she goes and get Taylor. And Taylor prays for her. And Jess is like, whoa, my ear got really hot. And uh, uh, the next day, the air pain was gone. Wow. That's kind of cool. Yeah. That was a manifestation of the kingdom, you know, like from a child, one of our children. You know, it's so cool. And so, but that, that's what happens when I, I, I kind of felt like, you know, you, you, it's so important. We pay attention to the small signs. That's what you call a sign. That's what the scripture calls a sign. That's a sign from God saying, hey, you're on the right track. Because the work of ministering to the Lord will unlock the works of the ministry of the Lord. And, and where, I, where I'm really excited about as this church family is, is really, really orienting our hearts to the highest priority in scripture, the supreme call, and that's the glory of God and the worship of Him. And where our core belief actually becomes our practice. <laughs> And I'd argue, they say, if, you're, if your practice is different than what your actual core belief is, then it might not actually be your core belief. So when people say, the number one reason why I exist and live is to give Him glory and worship Him, but their lifestyles don't point to that, then it's really not the core belief. It's an outlying belief. And so that's kind of, that was what was, is on my heart this morning to kind of just give, give from the Word is really... Really, kind of, the goal is really to answer from the word, what is the supreme call that rests on us as sons and daughters of God? What is the number one supreme call? Because in this call will come everything else. The fulfillment of this assignment that we have will come the discovery of God like we read in the word. Right? It won't be a story any longer, it'll be a living reality. Mm-hmm. And, and so, so I, what, one of the things that's so important that we remember as a church family and as a body that the moment we become born-again believers, how many remember that moment? Though it's, it's, some people describe it as the most intimate moment of your life. How many remember that? Like, it marked you, right, for the rest of your life, yeah? It was that, it was that moment when the Lord called you, okay? You felt the call. You felt the call to Himself. It was like, Whoa, the Lord is pursuing me. He is, he, he is coming after me. The God of the universe right now is burning in me and wants me. I mean, 
It, it's, it's a supernatural thing. Now, not all people have that experience, but when you become a born-again believer, He calls you to Himself. And when He calls you to Himself, He puts His Spirit in you, we all know this, and we become a new creation in Christ. Where literally the old is gone, the new is here. So He doesn't just, he doesn't just uh, 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 give you a, a, a next, another chance. He completely removes your old life and gives you a new life. Right? Now, in this call to be a born-again believer, there's the deposit of being his son, right? But attached to this son, there's a call to him, but there's an assignment with that call. So we're called to him to be his sons and daughters, but in that call, there's also an assignment that we're called to walk out as the sons and daughters of God. And that assignment that comes to every born-again believer is this, ministry to the Lord. So the moment you become a born-again believer is the very, very moment you are now assigned. Your number one assignment, the supreme call on your life is this, to love Him, to glorify Him, to worship Him, and to minister to Him. So a lot of people in the body of Christ, they're like, okay, I'm a new creation, all right? And now, I'll, I'm, I, so I'm, gonna new, I'm a new creation, I'm going to let the life of God live in me and I need to go out and declare and proclaim the gospel. And And that is true. That's what we need to do. But that is secondary to this primary assignment. You're a new creation so that you can be restored back to a place of worship. And I would argue, until you're fully restored back to the place of worship, you will be unable or less effective in leading others to that place. Does that make sense? Because you can only impart what you have. You can only lead people to where you've been. So until you're wholeheartedly abandoned to Him in worship with your life, with your time, with your energy, with your money, with your song, with your dance, until you're wholeheartedly abandoned to Him in that supreme call, then you'll, you, 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 uh, until that happens, you won't be able to lead others into that same experience in that call, that number one assignment. Is this making sense? So, when God calls you, He calls you to Himself to be a son, and He calls you to be a full-time minister of the gospel. But that full-time ministry of the gospel starts first with ministering to Him. Everybody tracking? Is this making sense? And, and, and so I'm really excited about this Daniel Fest because what, it's pretty cool. Not, the, the leadership hasn't been talking about this. Um, uh, our church families haven't been like strategizing this, but it's like the Lord is rising up everywhere. This call mm-hmm. back to a place of just like, Hey, we need to just worship him. We need to, we need to build an altar that the fire falls yep. on. And I am going to offer my life to be the sacrifice. I love what Bill Johnson says. Fire falls on sacrifice the question is will you be the offering so so let's open up the word because let's um because i want to unpack where does this call come from when you're a born again believer you're a new creation in christ you're a son of god and with that call with that when you become born again you have this assignment that is attached to your life where where does this come from what where does this uh supreme assignment this supreme call come from so go to exodus all right. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to set this up. Okay, Exodus chapter 19. All right. We kind of we all know the story, uh, but I'm going to I'm going to set it up a, a little bit here. So here's the Israelites. It's been uh, over 400 years since Joseph was fathering Pharaoh at the time. Okay? So uh, uh, pharaohs or the pharaohs that have come on, they've forgotten about Joseph. So now the Israelites, there's not favor on them, okay? There is, the, the, the pharaoh has, has put the Israelites in bondage, right? He's enslaved them to do his work to build an empire, okay? The Israelites, they're crying out to God, God, deliver us, 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 God, deliver us. Okay, for 400 years, they've been crying out. God raises up a deliverer, Moses. We all know the story, right? Moses goes to the wilderness. He encounters God on the mountainside. 
radical encounter shows him his glory. I love this story. I love this story. It's, it's one of the prayers of my life where Moses is standing before God and he says, Lord, you've been telling, uh, uh, show, well, you've been telling me to lead these people. Now show me your glory. Don't send me here unless your presence goes with us. That's a little later on. But it's God, in that Genesis where Moses encountered God's presence, after that he was like, I have to have more. Okay? So here's Moses. He's up on the mountainside. God gets the assignment. All right? The assignment of Moses was not just to deliver the people. The assignment of Moses was actually to lead them back to a place where they can worship the Lord. Most people think God delivered the Israelites so that they could just be free. When in reality, God was very clear. He said, I am going to deliver you so that you can be restored back to a place of worship. Making sense? So Exodus 8.1. Don't go there, but it says this. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh and say to him, This is what the Lord says. Okay, this is what God's saying. This is my will for my people. This is my will for my children. Let my people go so that they may worship me. Wow. All right? God delivered the Israelites not for their convenience, not for, not just to answer their prayer, but he delivered them so that they could be restored back to what they were created for. Worship. See, most people treat the gospel, the good news of Jesus, as deliverance that's for them so that they can live happy lives, rather than deliverance that comes to your life so that you can restore back to, be restored back to Him and fulfill the supreme call in your life, a worshiper of Him. Is this making sense? God delivered the Israelites so that He could draw them back to Himself and put them back and restore them back to what? Back to Eden. <laughs> Unbroken fellowship, communion with God, worship. Okay, so let's read. Look at the battle that happened. They were worshiping a whole bunch of other things while they were out in the desert. Right? The battle to worship Him. The battle to worship Him. We're going to talk about that because the Lord, here's what's going on in our church family, in our tribe. The Lord is bringing us back to the core of why we exist. The word that Mono gave uh, one year ago, from about now, was it a year ago, right? You're a house with prayer, not a house of prayer. It is a call back to this place of worship and devotion to him, to be a minister to him. And out of that, then we're a deliverer of his people. And, and, and it's cool. It's, I'm so proud of this church family and this tribe because we've made, we've made huge leaps and bounds in progress. And it's only going to get greater the more we stay focused on this. Okay, so let's, so, so God reveals in Exodus 8, we're gonna, we'll go to Exodus 19, he reveals his will for his people. Let them go so that they may worship me. All right? Now, this is what's so, so cool. Here, here's God. He delivers them. I'm going to restore you back to a place of worship. And what I'm going to do is I'm, to restore you back to a place of worship, I'm not only going to free you from the, the, the grip of the Egyptians, but I'm going to show you myself in a way that, that has never been known before. What did he do? He sent all those plagues, right? I mean, could you imagine being Israel, the people of Israel, watching God move on their behalf, on your behalf? Like, serious. Like, God said he's going to send all these frogs that, that are going to uh, plummet the land. And it happens. It's like, whoa, this, my God's for me, and he's powerful, right? Like, I don't know what that would do to your heart, but for me, I'd be like, dang, like, <laughs> I will worship you, Lord. You know, he does all these things. And the, and the very last one, he sends an angel of death and kills all the first sons of those who didn't have the blood of the lamb on the doorposts of their house. Like, dang, that's, that's, that's a sign that'll make you wonder. It's like, whoa, this is intense. He parts a sea. I mean, we're not talking like this isn't, a, it, this isn't like a, a Colorado Creek. You can jump from one side to the other. Right. You know, it's a sea, like a ocean between 
<laughs> between death and life, you know? Like, if we're on this side, we're going to die. If God takes us on that side, we're going to live. <laughs> Opens up. Boom, they walk through. Cloud by day, fire by night. Okay? Here's my point. Is the Israelites were witnessing the Father move on their behalf in ways that, that, that you know, they never knew before. Now, he revealed himself in ways they've never known before, and then he, he gave them an invitation they never knew before. It's that call to worship, okay? Let's, let's talk about this invitation, because the invitation that, that, that rested on them, it rests on us. So Exodus 19. It's right here that the Father reveals his will for his children. Exodus 19, let's read this. On the first day of the third month, after the Israelites left Egypt, on that very day, they came to the desert of Sinai. After they set out from Rephidim, they entered the desert of Sinai, and Israel camped there in the desert in front of the mountain. Verse 3, Then Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, this is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob and what you are to tell the people of Israel. Okay, so what's God saying here? He's saying, Moses, this, I want you to communicate to my people. This is my will for their lives and their new life that I've given them. This is my will. This is what I want them to be walking in. This is how I want them to be, walk in it. This is my heart for them. It's, it's so profound. Verse 4, you yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. All right, so here's God. He's saying, my will, first and foremost, is that you be brought to me. Like my daughter comes to me, like I'll bring, I'll bring her to me. Like I'll do whatever it takes to be with my wife and my children. It doesn't matter that they would be with me. That's, that's the heart of the Father towards them. I want you to be this close to me. I want you to be with me, not separate from me. I want you to be with me, okay? Verse five, now if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of the nations, you will be my treasured possession. All right, so here's God. He's saying, I want you to be with me and not only that, I want you to be my treasured possession. Okay, this is the God who created the universe, the stars, all the earth, all the animals, the seen, the unseen, all the angels that, that minister day to night. None of them, none of creation, none of the heavenly beings, none of them have this attached to their existence. Would you be my special possession? The only piece of creation that would be his special possession is his own son, the spirit, and you. Wow. Dang, that's an invitation. So, now check this out. So I want you to come to me, be my special possession. Although the whole world is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. Mm -hmm. See, God in that moment called the entire children of God to himself to be his special possession and to be a kingdom of priests that minister to him day and night. In other words, he's saying, I want my people to bear the Ark of the Covenant, to be a people where my presence rests on, that stand before me, bless my name, minister to me, and I minister to them. See, God's saying here, I want you to be my special possession, and I want to be your inheritance. So God, what, this is what's so cool. God's saying, I want you to be, I, I want me to be 
your inheritance. In other words, I want to give you all of me. I don't want to withhold. I want to give you all of me. Now, how many know to receive an inheritance, somebody has to die? (laughs) So God was setting this up. But he was inviting his children into this moment of being kingdom of priests that minister to him and then that receive all of him. See, here's Israel, and they're being invited into the greatest invitation mankind has ever known since the fall. And they rejected it. Now, go back to what I was saying. In your Genesis as a born-again believer, this is the call to sal- this is what the call to salvation. This is the worship. This is the invitation of salvation. But most people don't know this. And because they don't know this, they neglect the assignment. And, w- and when they neglect the assignment, they, they start living lives that have bits and pieces of God rather than the testimony of their life is, wow, he is my inheritance. Their lives aren't distinguished by his presence. Why? Because they missed out on the call to be priests unto him. So here's Israel's response. We ready for this? So God's inviting the Israelites to this call to be a royal priest, to be priests unto him that minister to him day and night. Now let's go to Exodus 20. Here's their response to God. And I'm I'm still processing this response, but all I know is uh, I don't want to respond the way they did. (laughs) That's the one conclusion I can draw from this, (laughs) is they had a no in their hearts. I want a yes. Okay. Uh, Exodus verse tw- or chapter 20, verse 18. When the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain and the smoke, they trembled with fear. They stayed at a distance. Okay, this is, first of all, this is the wrong type of fear you want to have before God. The fear of God, you don't run from Him, you run to Him. That's true fear. That's, 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 that's fear that sees God as holy and the right fear. Personally, I think they, were, they, they feared God because they knew what he was after. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to run away because they weren't ready to give up Egypt. It was easy for God to get Israel out of Egypt, but it took 40 years of wandering in the wilderness to get Egypt out of Israel. Yeah. They were unwilling to give up their special possessions. That's my, that's my mm-hmm. soapbox. But here's what, Moses, here's what they said. They stood at a distance and said to Moses, Speak to us yourself, and we will listen. But do not have God speak to us, or we will die. Okay, so here is their response to this invitation. Let somebody else do this for us. Let somebody else do this for me. And they missed it. They missed the greatest invitation that humanity has known. Everybody seeing this? Mm -hmm. Do you feel this? Mm -hmm. See, that's the bad news. They missed it. (laughs) Here's the good news. Though Israel rejected the call of God on their lives, Though they rejected the call to be ministers to him, to be priests unto him, to go into the Holy of Holies, to go into the actual throne room of him and rule and reign from that place. Though they rejected that call, God did not give up on this reality. Jesus restored you and I to the place and the reality of ministering to him as priests. So we all know this verse. Let's let's now... Jump to 1 Peter chapter 2. So we read in Exodus, 1 Peter chapter 2. First Peter chapter 2 is just before 2 Peter. In case you didn't know. And let me look it up for you. Oh, it's after James. So... 
<laughs> all right, all right. First Peter chapter two. We're gonna. Re- I want to. I want to read through 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 this. Okay, because it's with this understanding. Okay, it's it's really th- this whole new chapter of 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 First Peter two comes alive. Okay, now think of Peter when he's writing this. All right. He's writing this from the perspective that the Israelites missed the call. He's thinking about Exodus 19. He had the book at the time. He's thinking about that. And he followed the man that restored him back to that. Pretty cool context, right? So here we are. 1 Peter chapter 2. As you come to him, the, oh, I'm sorry, verse 4. Verse 4. We're going to read 4 through 10. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. Jesus is building you so that you would be a priest unto the Lord. Your salvation exists for this one thing. You were created for this one thing. Let my people go so that they may worship him. So cool. Verse 6. For in the scriptures, oh wait, 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 I'm sorry. To be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus. All right. For in the scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion and a chosen and precious cornerstone. And the one who trusts in him will, be never, will never be put to shame. Verse 7. But now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And a stone that causes people to stumble, a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because... They disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. Now, verse 9, this is key. But you, but you, but you are a chosen people. What did God say? I want you for myself. I've chosen you for me. You are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood, that you would be a kingdom of priests unto me. A holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. See, Exodus 19, you shall be a kingdom of priests. Isaiah 61, you shall be a kingdom of priests. All right, the Lord was constantly, be this unto me, be this unto me, be this unto me. You shall be this unto me. 1 Peter 2, you are a kingdom of priests. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are God's special possession. You see, Exodus 19, 1 Peter 2, Jesus in between. You shall be to now you are. You're born into this. With your born-again experience, when you become a born-again believer, a follower of Jesus, a disciple of Him, you're a new creation in Christ. You're a son of the living God, but with, that, with being a son is also attached this assignment, the number one assignment to love and minister to Him. And that's what priests did. And as a matter of fact... This is a job description that you're going to carry now and for all of eternity. Forever, you're going to be two things in the scripture. One, children of God, sons of God. Two, priests forever. I'll just read this to you. Revelation chapter 1, 5 through 6. Okay. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom of priests to serve his God and Father. Revelation chapter 5. You have made them to be a kingdom of priests to serve our God and they will reign on the earth. 
Before you reign, you have to learn to worship. And how you worship is how you'll reign. See, most people think like, wow, I'm going to be a priest forever. I'm going to wait till heaven. That's not true. It starts now. The, God, the assignment went off now. And it'll be, it'll be carried for all of eternity. You'll, you're going to be a priest under the Lord for all of eternity. You're going to miss, minister to Him. That's going to be your, one of your number one assignments, worship. To love Him and to enjoy Him forever. You see, we have to understand that this call to the, the supreme call of mankind is rooted in God as a loving father. Okay? It, it's, it's rooted in his love. Okay. God never makes a decision past, never makes a decision in the present, he never makes a decision in the future. That is separate from his love. It's always, always, always motivated with his love. So when God gives the invitation to the supreme call of worship to be a priest unto him, he is saying, I want to give you the very best I have. And I want you to live into the, the, the full experience and expression that you were created to live in. It's always with love. His very best is intended for you, but you can only discover his very best through his ways. And that's what this priestly call do. You'll, in this call of worship, you will always discover his very best because it's rooted in his love. See, the Father's saying here, listen, children, I am inviting you into this great thing, into the greatest thing you can ever be invited into, into this supreme call. This is what I created you for. There's, there's nothing better you can do. There's nothing greater you can become. I have put a void in your heart that there will always be a void in your heart until you start filling, stepping into this call. This was a huge revelation for me as, a, as I started learning the importance of, of, of ministering to the Lord. Because I quickly started learning, wow, I can't love God I can't love myself better than God loves me. Right? How many have ever discovered that? I can't love me better than God loves me. Raise your hand if you've discovered that. If you haven't, that's okay. Now, I, I, I like to tell young men, man, if you want to test that out and see if you can love yourself better than God, go ahead. Just make sure you have a timeline and a date where if it's not working, you're going to turn to him. And that to the degree at which you pursued those things that you're trying to love yourself, now you have to pursue him. <laughs> because it won't work. You can't love you better than God loves you. Now, here's what's awesome about the priestly call. When you really begin to learn this, all of a sudden you realize my self-love is loving Him. Does that make sense? I know I can't love me better than He loves me, so therefore to love me, I love Him. <laughs> it's crazy. But it's totally legal in the kingdom. You were, it was actually made to work this way. That your pain is to drive you into love because you can't love you better than he can. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Now, how powerful would it be uh, for a people who get this? Imagine how heaven would come crashing down on every circumstance and every situation in people's lives, in their families, in their marriages, in their work, in their responsibilities, in their relationships, when all of a sudden, wow, we've hit a hard place in life and my go-to response isn't to glorify the hard place, it's to love Him. I'm not going to self-medicate on the computer. I'm not going to check out on Facebook and just veg out. I'm going to check in and get loved up because He loves me better than I love myself. He loves me better than Facebook. Right? Ooh, yeah. I have a real friend, not a fake friend. You know, my life doesn't exist trying to get, it's not about getting all these likes from other people. <laughs> this counterfeit affirmation. Hey, I like you. What does that mean? You know, do you see what I'm saying? But there, this, this, is, this is one of the core, this is one of the core foundations of what it means to be a royal priesthood. You have to understand this. You won't, you won't be able to step into this reality when life is hard unless you understand. I can't love 
me better than he loves me. So to love me, I love him. This is what John Piper calls Christian hedonism. Now, I, I, I want to be really careful with this. You can't be a hedonist on God unless you are fully devoted to extravagant worship. <laughs> All right? And so I'm going to just leave it there. Never mind, I'm not going to go on that soapbox. Um, so, the art of loving him. The priestly calls to love him and enjoy him forever. Okay? Now, when we talk about Exodus 19, 1 Peter 2, and loving God, in the scripture, when God designated his people to be priests, to be a royal priesthood, there's two primary categories that manifest. Number one, it's ministry to God. That's it. That's the first role and responsibility of a priest. Okay? It was to minister to the creator of the universe. Now, Jesus defined what that looks like. That means to come to him, to be his special possession, and for him to be your inheritance. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's rad. All right? But it's to minister to him. It's to worship him. It's to praise him. It's to offer spiritual sacrifices. That's the number one responsibility of every priest. That was their job description in the Old Testament. And it's your job description as priests, New Testament priests. That's it. Ministry to him. When you read in the Old Testament, the priests were always ministering to the Lord. Now, Exodus 19 is the reason why the Levites existed. Okay? They, 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 the entire, uh, uh, all 12 tribes denied this call. They said, uh-uh, let, let somebody else do it for us. God's like, okay, okay, I'll respect free will, but I'm not going to give up on this call, so I'm going to designate the Levites, and their sole responsibility is to do this. So that's why they, the Levites were priests. But it was God's will that everybody lived in this. And now we're living in the reality that everybody is living in this. So the question is, are you actually living in it? So, but I'm giving a little context. So priests would come. They would minister to the Lord. They would offer spiritual sacrifices. They would, they were, their number one responsibility was to love him, to bless him, to glorify him, to minister to him. So first responsibility is ministry to God. Second responsibility was then ministry to man. That's what a priest did. Minister to God first, minister to man. Under man, it was divided in two categories. First, ministry to, the, to, to my brothers and sisters, to my tribe, uh, to, to the, uh, my fellow Israel, Israelites. Okay, Pre, there, there was a hierarchy of ministry. We have to minister to one another first. Okay, So they minister to God, minister to one another, and then, under ministry of man, it was ministry to the non-children of God, or the lost children of God. That's what we call them today. It was those that weren't Jews. Right? But that was, that was the, the, uh, the manifestation of, of, of a minister, a priest of the Lord at that time. And that's how they categorized it. Now, Jesus asked all of us to fulfill this. Now, I wanted to bring this up because what I just described here is a missional kingdom family. Right? This is, this, is, this, is, this is what it means to be a microchurch. This is what it means to, to be spiritual family. Where our number one responsibility is this. We're going vertical. We're here to love Him and glorify Him. We're here to minister to Him. Day and night, night and day. When we gather together, we're here to love Him and minister to Him. That's our number one responsibility. That's our number one job description. The second is we minister to one another. But we, don't, we cannot minister to one another until we learn how to minister to Him, until we're encountering Him. Because Lori doesn't need me, she needs God. She needs the Christ in me. And the Christ in me is only activated when I'm in His presence. Is this making sense? Ministry to God, ministry to man, and then ministry to a lost and dying world. A missional kingdom family is a gathering of priests that are putting it in practice and reality together. Isn't this cool? That's the point of a house church. 
to love and glorify Him. You know, there, there's a lot of, uh, uh, sometimes people get tripped up on, um, and I want to be careful with this, but man, we need more mission. We need more mission. We need to be doing more outreach. And trust me, I am all about that. <laughs> I am all about loving the lost children of God. I've been fighting for this area of my life like I never have before. I mean, I've been trying. One of the faith goals the Lord's given me is to try loving on a stranger and manifesting the kingdom to them every day. I'm about 70-30. failures, 30% success right now. And, and I, there's a steep learning curve right now because I feel like I've kind of met my uh, um, competencies. Like, so I've been really trying to take steps of faith. Like just a, uh, last week, this is a, just a funny story. Um, I was at a, I took my daughter on a, a daddy-daughter date and we went to an ice cream shop. I was like, oh Lord, do you have any, anything for anyone at this ice cream shop? And I felt like he showed me the, the girls behind the counter. And I was like, oh, well, they're here. Okay, cool. And then, I'm think, and then I felt, I heard the name Debbie. No, was it Debbie? Is I that, so. I can't even remember now. Anyway, so I'm like, I'm at this counter and I'm like, okay, Lord, what do you want to do? And I'm trying, I'm battling fear of man. Every time I battle fear of man, I realize I haven't spent enough time in the presence of the Lord. I'm like, oh, dang it, ministry to you first. So I'm battling fear of man. I'm like, all right, I'm going to just take a face step. Hey, did, does, did any of you guys know a Debbie? And these two girls are like, one girl's like, no. And the other girl's like, yeah, yeah, I know a Debbie. I'm like, oh, how do you know her? And she's like, well, she's my mom's best friend. I'm like, well, is she a significant person in your life? She's like, yeah. And, <laughs> and, then, and then after that, I'm like, okay, God, what do I do? Like, why would you tell me this significant person in her life is named Debbie? Now what? And I didn't know what to do. And I was like, okay, cool. Thanks for the ice cream. See you later. <laughs> so I got half of it. I got half of it. I got a name. And, uh, but I'm contending. I'm, taking, I'm trying to take risk. Because I know I, I'm trying to be obedient. I'm trying to live out that priestly call, ministry to him first. But I realized, like, wow. In that moment, I was battling fear of man, which means I wasn't in his presence like I should have been. Because in his presence, there is no fear. Um, anyways, going back to an MKF. All right? Mission, ministry. You know, um, Derek and I's MKF, we, we've, we've gone through a few different seasons. And um, there was one point in season where we, there was a mission that we were all rallying around. And it was amazing. There was a lot of fruit. A lot of fruit. I mean, tons of fruit. People were growing. This individual was growing. The children were growing. God was moving. But then our, the, there was a weight with that mission that was very, very heavy on people. And I started asking God, like, God, what, why, is it, why is this such a burden for people? And, and it was very clear to me. It's because we started drifting from just loving him and ministering to him. And because, and because we started drifting from that priority and spending the time to do that, we started tiring out on the lost and dying world piece. Does that make sense? An MKF will rise or fall based upon their fulfillment to be priests unto the Lord. It's too hard. It's too hard. You can't pull off supernatural relationship unless you are first allowing the supernatural to flow. So everybody say this. The work of ministering to the Lord brings the ministry of the works of the Lord. I don't know how to say that shorter or simpler. The work of ministering to the Lord brings the ministry of the works of the Lord. In other words, the work of ministering to the Lord will bring His power, His wisdom, His love. Intimacy and impact. Intimacy and impact. Derek and I were just talking about that on the way here. Let me give you an example. My daughters. What, what time is it, by the way? Are we doing okay on time? Is this, are we, we're okay? Everybody's, fanny fatigue? Are we all right? Okay. 
Nobody's numb? Down <laughs> under? Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, Der Derek's, Derek's loving this. Okay. Yeah, there it is. Oh, I love it. Don't kick back, man. So, okay, so my daughter, uh, uh, I, you know, they, they, gosh, they have me wrapped around their pinky finger. Everybody knows that. And uh, <laughs> Kellen laughs because he's like, yep, it's true. I mean, seriously, nothing competes with my wife and my children, and um, except Jesus. And, and so, but let me, let me just kind of give you an, a, a, an explanation of the work of ministering to the Lord unlocks the work of the ministry of the Lord. Let's just say, Annika, um, I come home, you know, uh, from a long day, and, and uh, she's sitting on the couch, and she's watching her iPad, doing, you know, having a little, just 30 minutes of downtime. And uh, I'm still debating if that's a good idea or not. There's all these studies out there. Sanity is a good thing. You know, right? It's Sanity good for us. Good. may not be good for them. You know, there's studies out there that say these devices are more addicting than heroin. Um, so, anyways, she's sitting there. She's having a bit of a, a downtime watching Paw Patrol. And she, she just is in her, in her little movie. And, uh, and she just says, Dad, I want whipped cream. Because she loves whipped cream. She's always loved whipped cream. And I always make sure our refrigerator is stocked with whipped cream. Like, let's have a whipped cream budget. <laughs> and so, uh, holiday whipped cream is the best. Pumpkin whipped cream, peppermint whipped cream, it's awesome. We love it. We stock up on it so we can eat it for months afterwards. And don't tell Amy I said that. But she's like, Dad, I want whipped cream. Okay, sweetie. I love you. It's so good to see you. If you eat a good dinner tonight, then we'll... You know, I, I, I'm going to give her the whipped cream. I, I have it for her. We bought it for her. I want her to have it. But you're going to have to wait, okay? As opposed, she's sitting on the couch. I walk in the door. She sets down her iPad, comes running to me, jump into my arms, and just says, Daddy, I love you. Welcome home. And sometimes she'll do this, and she, she'll just come and give me a kiss on the cheek and just give me a big hug. And she's like, I missed you so much, Daddy. I missed you so much. And, and all of a sudden, my heart's like, Whoa! And she doesn't even ask for whipped cream, but I know she likes it. So what do we do? In that moment of intimacy, I hold her, we walk to the refrigerator, we open the door, and I say, open your mouth. And I, I just, I just, just like, let's get this in here, you know, like, I, I, I want to bless her. I want, I want to love her. But what's going on here? The, 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 the child is ministering to the father. And out of ministering to the Father, it unlocks the Father's heart. And all of a sudden, inheritance, enjoyment, and delight together begins to manifest. Does that make sense? The work of ministering to the Lord will unlock the works of the ministry of the Lord. Is that a good practical example of the power of just ministering to Him? Eventually, she was going to get the whipped cream. But her ministry to my heart far sped up that process. <laughs> and so, see, when we come to God and express our love to Him and for Him, His heart is moved. It's moved. And when his heart moves, so does heaven. Because heaven is run by the heart of the Father. It's run by Jesus. Is this making sense? I'll never forget when the Lord really started calling me into this. Um, I was in college and, I, you know, I, I don't... I'm not musically gifted at all. Um, I'm not like David, who's like a stud. Like, I mean, we all know this guy is a stud. <laughs> a straight up stud. Like, how do you spell David? S-T-U-D. <laughs> right? He's a stud. And I look up to him so much. Um, but I'll never forget like that there was a longing in my heart 
to just pick up a guitar. And all I wanted to do was just minister and worship him. So I went and bought, actually my dad bought me like a $50 guitar. So parents, if you notice your children wanting to worship the Lord more or have a hunger for something, feed that because it's the Lord stirring in them. Mm-hmm. But my dad bought me a guitar and I just, I just started shutting the door and just worshiping it. And I figured out one chord and I just strummed that one chord and just start ministering to the Lord, ministering to the Lord. Well, years went by and just kept doing that. Graduated college and went to Strong in Laramie and I just kept ministering to the Lord and I started learning that secret. Wow, I can't love me better than he loves. I can't love myself better than he loves me. So to love me, I love him. Mm-hmm. This is key. If you want to succeed in life, get this. And my go-to is just to minister to him. Love him. When it was hard, love him. You know, that season of life, there's always dating drama, you know, get dumped, go love him. You know, like, <laughs> it, did, it didn't matter what it was. It was always to go to love him, go to love him. Well, one day, I was worshiping and ministering to the Lord, and then I got a call from a really good friend. Her name was Allison Watkins, and uh, uh, she's still a good friend today. At the time, she was with Lou Engle at the International House of Prayer when Lou Engle was based out of Kansas City. And uh, uh, Allison, have I, we've kept in touch um, there's just a, a like spirit there. And um, she got a call. And she's like, hey, Josh, I want to, uh, uh, or I got a call. And it was her. And she's like, I, I, I felt led to call you tonight. And I, I had a dream last night. And I was like, whoa, okay, what, what is that? I'm excited. Hey, when somebody has a dream and a word for me, I want to hear it. Like, mm-hmm. especially when it's so random. And in this dream, she's like, I saw you in a room and you had a guitar and you're worshiping the Lord. And then I heard the Lord say, tell him I love it when he just comes and worships me. Mm-hmm. And man, I haven't seen Allison for a long time. She had no clue that was something I was doing in the secret. Mm-hmm. What was it doing? It was, it, it's winning the heart of the Father. Yeah. What was I doing? I was stepping into that royal priesthood. Mm-hmm. Call. I was fulfilling the, the number one assignment in my life to love and glorify him, to worship him. And it blessed the Father so much that He would send somebody a dream to say, Hey, son, don't stop this. That's awesome. Now, here's where I'm grieving a bit in my life. I've become so busy. It's like this time becomes optional. It, it, and I'm, I'm honestly processing this in the Daniel fast. It's like, life is so hard. This time becomes optional, but that's wrong thinking. That's wrong thinking. If I'm thinking that way, that means Egypt is in me. And all of a sudden, I too will be like the Israelites where I'm wandering around the wilderness watching God move but I'm always wondering and not getting anywhere. I'm not stepping into the promises. See, God will always move. He will always move if you're wandering in circles or if you're going in a destination. He's always going to move. Right? The Israelites, the Lord, was, the Lord was moving mightily through the entire 40 years of the wilderness. They were going in circles. So just because you have signs and wonders doesn't mean you're in the, going in the right direction. <laughs> right? So I've been grieving this. I'm like, Lord, I don't want to go in circles. I don't want to say no to this supreme call. And it's wrong thinking to say no to it. That means Egypt is in me. Fire always falls on sacrifice. The question is, will you be the offering? Can you guys feel the Lord on this? Mm-hmm. So let's, let's go Romans 12 too. So, and I, I'm just sharing from my heart right now, this battle, the battle for over the supreme call. You know, the enemy will always disguise himself as an angel of light. <laughs> you know? And it'll... What the enemy will set up, it can look appealing. It can look good. But I want to read this. This is something I'm 
repenting of and, and trying to get back to is this the supreme call of, man, being a royal priesthood, where my number one responsibility of the day is to love him, to glorify him. If I can't get my guitar and worship, I'm going to do it with my relationships with my wife and my children. I'm going to do it with my church family, and then I'm going to go reach out in a lost and dying world. It's that simple. It's not hard. But I'm trying, I'm trying to get back to this, like, this is my mission of the day. Mm-hmm. That's it. That is it. When God says, sit and minister to me, I'll do it until he says, now go and love them. But I want, I want to talk about this unrenewed mind piece because this is huge. You cannot have the mind of Christ unless you are walking into the, in the supreme call of a, being a priest unto the Lord. It's impossible. Let's look at this. Romans 12, this title, The Living Sacrifice. What's the living sacrifice now? You, right? Your life. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So here's Paul. He's saying, step into this core identity of being priests unto the Lord. Minister to Him. Make it your number one objective to offer your life as a living sacrifice, to love Him, to glorify Him, to worship Him. He says, minister to Him first. Then, do not conform to the patterns of this world. Alright, stop there. Don't conform to the patterns of this world. How many experience every week the pattern of the world that we live in of busyness? and chaos all the time. Raise your hand, right? If you don't, I want to talk to you because how are you doing it? It's crazy. It's crazy, especially when you try pulling this off. Like, man, I got to get up and work. I got to love my kids, get them breakfast, get them to preschool, get them, uh, uh, do all the responsibilities I have, get home, cook dinner, go to MKF, then actually be a person on fire in MKF and minister to the Lord, love one another. Wait, what are we doing tonight? Uh, uh, you know, I know, I get it. It's, it can be so fast-paced, it's overwhelming. What's going on there? A pattern of the world. It's busy. The, world, the pattern of the world is busyness. All right? So, now that's one of the patterns. That's not the... Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good... His pleasing, His perfect will. Basically, it's saying this. A renewed mind will be able to prove who God is and what God's like. I've heard a lot of people talk about how to step into a renewed mind and have the mind of Christ to be able to prove who He is and what He's like. But uh, it's not until recently that I've made the connection. To have the renewed mind, I must first be fulfilling my role and responsibility as a priest unto Him and offering my body as a living sacrifice. Because I'm realizing... The more I come to Him and encounter His presence and offer my life as a living sacrifice, the more I encounter Him. And all of a sudden, what I'm reading in the Word confirms my experience in Him. And the Holy Spirit begins to tutor me in the ways of God. And I'm able to then manifest His ways to the people around me. So when I share this story about, man, I got a name, but I didn't know what to do yet. Now I know God gives names. (laughs) So I'm one step closer to manifesting His presence to the people around me. But it all starts with first embracing that responsibility of worship. Is this making sense? The renewed mind cannot happen apart from somebody who takes this job description seriously. Crazy, huh? Let me give you an example of this, and we're going to be closing with this, but... Look at Paul and Silas. All right? We all know the story. They just got done. Uh, uh, They've been proclaiming the gospel. And there's a little girl with the gift of divination. She was demonically possessed. She was was announcing to the people around, these are bond servants of the Most High God. Paul, Paul gets a little frustrated and says, get out of her in Jesus' name. Cast out the demon. Right? I'll bet you this little girl was so relieved because she was no longer an object and a tool for man's use. She was delivered. I'll bet you something 
shifted in that little girl's life. Was like, thank God, I'm, I, I'm free. But the men that were using that spirit and manipulating her and controlling her for their benefit were mad. So they threw them in prison. We all know the story, right? Here's Paul and Silas. They're in prison. Okay? They're in shackles. We all know prisons back then were not like our prisons today. Like, if, if, if people back then had the option of our prisons today, they'd be like, sweet, vacation. Like, I'm signed up. You didn't want to go to prison back then. You didn't want to go to dungeons back then. The point was to make you disappear and suffer. To die and decay. Okay? So here's Paul in this super, super rough spot. Desolate place. Dark place. It's not warm. It's cold. There's no food. They've been beaten too. They've been beaten and flogged. Like, yeah, these, these guys are in bad shape. Okay. That day, I guarantee, was far worse than any of your worst day <laughs> for them. <laughs> what was their response? To minister to the Lord. To love Him. Yay, go! <laughs> oh my gosh, can you get cuter? Yeah! Do you know everybody's looking at you? Yeah! So here they are. Their response, their go-to was this. I'm going to be a priest unto the Lord. I'm going to worship Him. I'm going to minister to Him. They didn't know what else to do. They were stuck. Sometimes God puts you in a place of being stuck so that he'll, it'll pull you back into a place of worshiping Him so He can deliver you. God won't deliver you unless you're willing to get back to that place of worship. <gasps> wow. Exodus 19. Or Exodus 8. Let my people go that they may worship me. So here's Paul and Silas. They're worshiping. They're worshiping. They're ministering to Him. They're ministering to Him. They're loving Him. Ministering to Him. All of a sudden, we all know the story. The dungeon starts shaking. The shackles fall off. The doors open wide. All right. Come on. Heaven just showed up. The king showed up. Now, here's what's interesting to me. Nobody ran to escape. Why? I think it's because the presence of God was so thick that nobody wanted to leave. And the jailer, the jailer was like, oh no, what, I'm, uh, this is bad, this is bad. So he's going to try killing himself because it's better he killed himself than Herod get a hold of him because all the prisoners were going to leave. So he's like, no, no, don't do that, no, no, don't do that. What happens? The jailer gets saved and his whole household gets saved. All because two people were willing to take up that priestly call and worship him in their most difficult moment. The work of ministering to the Lord unlocks the works of the ministry of the Lord. These guys walked with a renewed mind. They knew, hey man, I exist to worship him. And they were able to do it in that moment. These, these, these guys knew, I've been with the king. I know what he's like. I've encountered him. To love me, I'm in a lot of pain right now. Like these shackles hurt. To love me, I'm going to love him. You guys seeing this? Is this good? Yeah. So, there's plenty more we can go into, but I, I think we're going to stop here because really in this, in this Daniel fast, it, it, I feel like, and, and Derek was sharing, he had this word Friday night, we hadn't even talked, like the Lord is calling us back to our first love in so many ways. I mean, revelations, right? When he says, return to your first love. Do what you once did. I think that was a call to minister to him. And so, in many ways, I've, this, this word of being a house of prayer, with prayer, now to a house of prayer, the more we keep stepping into this and take this call seriously, individually, but then corporately, is the more we're going to start seeing the work of the Lord move in our lives People's dungeons shaking, shackles falling off, households being saved. But God's not going to do that unless we step into that. So let's stand up.
And um, Josh, I've got a quick question yeah. about with the Daniel fast, with the and maybe Sue too, with the theme of the daily devotions, because this is what they've been on. That's right? it is. Oh yeah. Are you guys given a theme to write on? Because they're all kind of. And I know I the guys wrote them ahead of time. Like it wasn't like model saw what Norm wrote, so it's a. The, the, the direction that, from what I understood, I got an email that said, hey, would you write it on love? <laughs> okay. So to, not entirely. It's general. It's, it's yeah. super general. Okay. Wow. Super general. And really, I think the I, it's the Lord. I yeah. think he's just speaking to everybody on this. Um, yeah. It's cool. It's cool. It's a good sign when... Everybody's getting the same thing, and they really haven't talked. Right. <laughs> right. This is what they were told. Our theme for devotionals this year will be growing in love. We would ask that you focus what you write on this supremely important subject. Yeah. Does that help? Yeah. So that's kind of hilarious, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, so let's just um, let's grab hands just as a sign of unity and just... Uh, just before the Lord. Um, and let's just, um, let's just take a few minutes and practice this and just start loving on the Lord mm -hmm. together.